All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Eagle Eye podcast. This is episode 13. We're excited. We're ready to talk Club America and maybe a little bit Selección Nacional, too, if we get the chance to. But as always, let me introduce my co-host, the man himself, Mr. Dylan Jimenez. Dylan, how are you? Doing great, man. Every, everything's going good here down in San Angelo, Texas. All right. All right. Nice to see you're up and smiling. And of course, today we're joined by a very special guest. You may know him from this from the Mexican soccer show. It's uh, Mr. Jason Markwitz himself. Jason, how are you? I'm well. Uh, excited to uh, talk some some Cruz Azul here on the show. Get the, the Cruz Azul influence into this into this program of yours here. And uh, yeah, obviously uh, a big night for the national team, too. So a lot going on right now, right? Definitely, definitely. We're excited. Uh, you know, we're gonna be talking. We're gonna be spicing up the uh, the Clásico Joven, and uh, we'll we'll definitely have plenty, plenty to talk about. Uh, Dylan, are you ready to go? I'm always ready. Alrighty, but before we jump straight in, uh, let's just talk briefly a little bit of the big news that's uh, surrounded the club, and that is the departure of Mr. Darwin Quintero himself. It looks like it's all wrapped up. It looks like for the most part, it's just Minnesota United talking with Darwin, and it's rumored to be all officially wrapped up by Friday. So question, Dylan, how are you feeling about this? I know we talked about this previously too, but you know the departure of Darwin, how's it... Uh, How's it going to affect us? Uh, it won't. It's just a long overdue move. It's just time for Darwin to move on to not bigger and better things, but lesser and lesser things, I guess you could say in a sense. But, you know, it's something I think a long overdue. I don't think it would affect the team uh, any way at all. All right, Mr. Jason, I see you there smiling. My question to you, would you have taken Darwin Quintero on your team? Uh, no, um, I, I don't think Cruz Azul needs to to age at this point. Like some younger <laughs> players would be nice, but um, I think it's a I think it's a good move for him. You know, he's going to get the playing time, and I think he could do pretty well there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Probably doesn't hurt your team very much, but a little bit of depth that you've lost, but probably not the area where you really need the depth. I, I would guess. You guys agree with that? I think I think yeah. Me and Dylan both would agree. Yeah, it, it is a bit of us dampening in that depth department but i mean at the end of the day i think it's overall a pretty good uh move for both for both parties so that are going to be on his way to minnesota united will be their first ever dp signing so it should be an interesting uh for those who follow the mls to see what his impact will be over there in minnesota so with that said Let's talk Liga Mekis, boys. Let's talk Clásico Joven. And before anything, Jason, let's get a little bit of background from you. How long have you been a Cruz Azul fan? Uh, I've been a Cruz Azul f- fan since 2011, so not not too, too long. Um, I uh, That's when I moved to Mexico City. And um, after I moved there, I needed to find myself a club. Uh, before that, I wasn't really – I you know, vaguely knew of um, some of – you know, Mexican teams, America Chivas, but it wasn't really into Mexican soccer all that much. Moved to Mexico City, found myself a team. I decided right away, well, it's not going to be America. That was eliminated <laughs> right away. It's like, it seems an easy elimination for me. So it's down to Cruz Azul or Pumas. And, uh, you know, Cruz Azul was uh, just easier to get to from my apartment. So uh, <laughs> I just <laughs> I, I became a season ticket holder at Cruz Azul, and I started going just for the games, you know, just to, like, watch some, some soccer and uh, – enjoy the times at the games. And then I, I quickly just fell in love and uh, they trapped me and uh, it, it became an obsession from there. So I just uh, fell in love with this team. It's much to my detriment, but 
I'm stuck with them now, and uh, I'm, I'm going to ride with them. I'm going to keep riding with them from that, from on here on out. So uh, three years I lived in Mexico City and went to as many Cruz Azul games, and I went around the country following Cruz Azul and going to uh, different stadiums and uh, just just had a great time. So uh, Cruz Azul fan for life now. All right, Cruz Azul fan for life. Now 2011, now if I'm not mistaken, around that time they were doing pretty good. Well, you know, they were going, you know, final after final. Um, so I, you know, I, I could see why uh, they attracted you because they were playing some really good football too. So they they were a fun team to watch. A lot of exciting players. Um, definitely, like things have changed uh, over the last couple of years, but it was a good time. And yeah, I mean, you'd expect them always to be in contention, right? Um, always be at the top of the league and, and be one of the better teams in the league, scoring goals. And like with so many of those years where they finished um top of the table they'd be on the list of like the the team that is finishing like the most number of points if it was the european calendar like yeah. that kind of thing like you know so you know good years for sure definitely um but yeah we're, we're in the lean years right now i'm hoping there, there there's there'll be some rebound on the horizon at some point i'm hoping well it looks pretty hopeful for you guys this season and, and i'm pretty sure this game is going to be very important to you guys you know to keep cementing a pretty good run for what this clausura is so we're definitely going to be talking into that. Um, obviously, the Clásico Joven, a lot uh, in the past couple of years, I think this game's become a little bit more and more important than in years previous. I think mainly because of the big final that was America Cruzul back then in uh, 2013. I, I, was at, I was at that one, uh, both legs of that, that final. No, you were there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> front row seats for that, for that mess. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I, I guess that's the full experience of being a fan. That's right. It definitely, it definitely ran the full gamut of uh, <laughs> human emotion. I'd say not even just being a fan, just <laughs> just life. You really reflect and, and uh, dig a lot from from everything that came from that that night. It's a lot. Wow, I could only I could only only imagine. I mean, I I know how I felt being an American fan at home, miles away from that. Imagine being front and center on the big stage. So obviously this has been a big, big game in the past previous years. Of course, America seemed to be in the most dominant side in the past couple of years. Obviously, this game's a little bit different now because of how both teams are coming into this. America's not looking like the best. And to add, add on top of that, we're going away to Toronto in a couple of days afterwards as well. So if there's a time for Cruz Azul to capitalize on these matchups, you'd think it'd be this Saturday. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think they have a pretty good chance. They, Crystal has had a bit of a rebound of the season after the the dreadful start um, with the, the big win over Pachuca, and it was a draw against Pumas in their last match. But they they played enough to I, I think at least look like they're they're coming around and starting to gain some momentum under Cachinha. Now, you know, obviously a long ways to go for Crystal at this point, but I agree with that. You know, I, I think there's a chance that we could have a match that is is pretty close competitive despite the big lack in like um, or the big diversity between the two teams in their success this season and probably their overall ability. Cause I mean, America right now is just a little more stacked than Cruz Azul. This Cruz Azul has, has some work to do in the roster still. Um, but I, I think, you know, it, we, we could have a match on our hands. I think it should be a good one. I think it will be a good one. Dylan, I'm gonna throw you a question now. It's, it's something that I'm thinking most America fans might uh, pose uh, in, in their own mind. We obviously have a big semifinal match uh, just a couple days after this game. How important is for us to line up the strongest 11 against Cruz Azul? Or would it be smarter to maybe rest a couple of key players knowing that we have Toronto away on Tuesday? I think we should 
you know, keep it uh, resting as a couple of key players, you know, especially somebody like Mateus Uribe. You know, I think Uribe is going to play a big part in playing against Toronto too as well. But, you know, at the same time, you know, Obviously, Cruz Azul are a rival. You know, I'm pretty sure every Americanista fan also is going to want to go out and see a strong lineup and get a win against Cruz Azul, especially after Jason said, you know, it seems like they're gaining the momentum. You know, it seems like they're um, growing a little bit more, too, as a team. And so, you know, it's important, too, you know, at this classical fans are also going to want to see a win, too, and the best starting 11 that Piojo thinks is going to go out there and get the three points, too, as well. I think I agree. I think the most important part is knowing that you are facing a rival and no matter what the circumstances is, you always want to be and you always want to beat your said rival. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see what Piojo does, what he tinkers around with. I'm I'm not expecting our most strongest starting 11 because, like you said, we have Toronto and I think Piojo does, you know, uh, trying to aim for a little bit more of a success in the Champions League, maybe let a couple of games slip here and there. But still, it I think this is what we planned for when when we said we have Champions League. We need to bulken up our squad and, and get all this depth. And I think when we said at the start of the season, I think me and you both agree that we have a roster to compete in both competitions. So now it's it's really, you know, it's it's really the time to to see whether or not that squad can go out there and perform. Of course, we have a couple of injuries like the likes of Jeremy Menes, which is unfortunate because I think he would have added a lot of uh, creativity in this matchup. But uh, I want to throw it on to you, Jason, on the Cruz Azul side. How is everything looking squad-wise? Well, the big concern right now is Felipe Mora, uh, who picked up an injury uh, with Chile. Um, sorry, no, with Colombia. And um, so, I mean, he's coming in injured. He's out. Um, so, I mean, it's a uh, you know, leading goal scorer for Cruz Azul, someone who's you know, the, all the goals are really going to come through him. So, I mean, it's a big concern right there with him. He's definitely going to be missing this match. Um, so with him, with Felipe Mora out, it's it's, it's troublesome. Um, I think otherwise the team looks pretty well set. And I think you're going to see most of like the A squad, A players. But yeah, that's a big loss. Felipe Mora is going to be a, a big loss as well. Yep, I, I I think it would be. Uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of a bit of good news for us as well. Um, but... You know, let's let's talk a little bit about form. Uh, you know, we we had a bye week. We we didn't we we didn't play, of course, because of the international friendlies and everything. Uh, although both teams did go out to the states and they did have uh, themselves a couple friendlies: Cruz Azul versus Monterrey and America versus Tijuana. Now, I didn't see the Cruz Azul game, but Jason, what could you? I I I know there was a bit of uh, a little bit of a ruckus that happened, uh, <laughs> but overall, how would you describe that game? I also did not watch that game, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I saw the aftermath, and I guess it was it was pretty well ugly for Cruz Azul. So um, hopefully, it was just the uh, the, the friendly, and uh, hopefully, for Cruz Azul's sake, we don't take too much away from that. Uh, but you know, the Monterey sides can always kind of make you look pretty bad, and I guess they they look pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, just what I gathered from from Cruz Azul Twitter, it, it wasn't the best. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I I mean I I just saw that and I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess uh, that that that'll be interesting to to talk about. Um, and then of course somebody could play uh, Tijuana here in San Diego. Um, I I watched a couple, uh, not all the game. I I watched most of it though. And um, again, it did not look like the best America side. Of course, uh, when a friendly, you can only take a take away so much. Um, but I think the most important part for me, I think I told you, Dylan, was that. Uh, ultimately, it was just I wanted these players to just continuously have that rhythm of playing weekend after weekend. And, and 
pretty much that friendly serves for that purpose. So, um, I, again, it, it's a friendly. We shouldn't take much away from it. There's a whole bunch of players that are missing for both sides, um, key players as well. So, uh, you know, we really don't have much to base off. And really, it's just how well do these players that were in their national team incorporate in, back into the team in time to really showcase and really have a really good spectacle. So uh, matchup is going to be this Saturday at the Estadio Azteca. It's going to be uh, 10 o'clock Mexico time. No, wait, sorry, 9 o'clock Mexico time, 8 o'clock here in, uh, in, in the Western, and then in Central, Central time is going to be 10 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. So, Dylan, what are you looking for in this matchup? Regardless of who steps out on the pitch, what are you looking for Pio Herrera to do in order to showcase that we're still tied to contenders? Well, I mean, could you really say Pio Herrera? Because we're not going to have him for the game, correct? That is true. That is true. That's he right. is not going to be on the <laughs> sidelines. How 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 do you, how much do you think this will affect the the team? It's going to be interesting to see how how really they go forward and how um, whoever's going to be in place of Herrera is going to handle the game throughout and how he adjusts to the game whenever he needs to adjust. And, you know, I hope this guy makes subs whenever the subs are needed, not like Herrera who puts it off to like the last 10 minutes of the game. But I think it's fair enough to say that they're going to have a walkie-talkie and Piojo is still going to be the one pulling the strings from from the stands. So I think even on that end, I think we're still going to be a little hopeful that Piojo still manages to do the right thing. Maybe maybe because he's in the stands, he gets to see it from a different angle and maybe you know it changes his mind tactically a little bit different. But it should be interesting to see how how you know the team copes without having your coach on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's just one thing I want to see too: how the team copes and how the person that's in his place is going to cope with it too as well. Yep, yep. All right, uh, Jason, what is your predicted lineup for this uh, for this Saturday? I'm thinking we'll probably get um, Cataruccio in in place of Felipe Mora. Um, past that, you're going to get the standard lineup: Rafa Baca, um, Gato Silva in there. Um, you know, uh, probably Angel Mena out on the wing. Um, maybe Martin Rodriguez. Uh, back line, standard Cruz Azul back line. Um, nothing flashy. I think the, the key for Cruz Azul um, with that lineup is just, like I like I said, I'm, I'm worried that Cruz Azul is going to have a tough time scoring. So it's going to be a matter of, of Cruz Azul's back line uh, remaining stiff and um, definitely not allowing any early goals from America because I can think it could be a real trouble. If Cruz Azul needs to extend and chase the goal, so I, I think Cruz Azul are gonna gonna need to keep this tight, keep it low scoring. Um, so I, I think we could be in for a low scoring match, if at least if it's going Cruz Azul's way, I think it's gonna be a, a low scoring match. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, I think that that back line is gonna be critical for the Cruz Azul. Um, it's not. Uh, I don't have a ton of confidence in them at this point, uh, but they're gonna have. You need to have. Um, they're going to need to have a big game uh, if Cruz Azul is going to be successful in this one. Well, interesting, interesting. Uh, Dylan, wh- what's uh, what's your what's your lineup for this Saturday? Uh, we'll go Marcin, goal, obviously. Uh, Paul, uh, um, Alvarez, uh, Aguilera, Carlos Vargas. On the right, I'm going to have Nato Ibarra, uh, Guido, Corona, and probably Cecilio Dominguez. And then up top, I'll probably start with uh, Oribe and Henry. 
Nice, nice. I actually would only tweak one thing, and um, that would be Carlos Vargas. I would put Will and the Silva there instead. Um, I don't know why. I just feel like Bejorre is actually going to go with that. I feel like he's going to prefer someone uh, with Williams more uh, caliber to go forward and, and be a little bit more, um, I guess you can say, of a wild card in the sense. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, now a question that I think I'm going to ask both of you. Who is the most important player for both sides coming up into this matchup? Who's going to be the key player that is going to potentially get three points for each side? Jason, I'll throw it to you first. Well, if he does get the start, and I hope he does, I, I would probably say it's Walter Montoya uh, for Cruz Azul. I mean, okay. it's, there's a question of whether he will get that start, um, but if he does get the start, he will be the key player. Anyone playing that attacking midfield role for Cruz Azul is so important. Russell tends to send everything through the wings. Um, everything is the crosses into the box from the wings, and very little comes to the middle. It's been Montoya. It's been sometimes Edgar Mendez. It's been sometimes Gulli Pena. Russell doesn't really have the answer there, but that position is the key. We need Russell needs a big performance out of that position to run some kind of offense through the middle of the field and generate something through the middle of the field. So whoever is starting in that position, I hope it's Montoya, but um, it really it, could be Edgar, Edgar Mendez. Um, I don't have a ton of confidence in the position at this point, but it's some it's the position, whoever's playing there, that Cruz Azul needs a solid performance in order to be successful in this match. All right. Dylan, I'll, I'll throw the same question at you. Who's going to be our player that uh, will, will make all the difference? Uh, I think it's going to have to be Henny Martin, man. You know, I, I hope he gets to start, and I'm, I'm really thinking that he will at this point, knowing that uh, – we, we're going to need him probably against Toronto too if he's going to come off the bench or if he's going to start regardless. But, you know, we like, we've like always talked about him, man. You see this guy, he has a good start to to his time with America. And then, you know, we just see him kind of die down after he gets that hat trick against Lobos a little bit. And so, you know, um, we see him score twice against Taru, um, in which I think he should have got a hat trick, but he didn't, sadly. But, you know, I feel like he's going to be important into – into um, playing alongside Oribe. And, you know, I feel like we're going to go back to that 4-4-2 formation, it seems like. And that's that's something that's really worked for us. And so I feel like Henny Martin is going to have to prove himself uh, a little bit more now that he's getting the start and the chance to, to show what he's got still. Definitely. I think every, every Americanista, because we've been calling for Henry Martin for a couple of weeks now. And the fact that, you know, unfortunately it has to come through an injury of Jeremy Menez. But now he's going to be coming in and really you, you, you're looking at the players said, you know, we've called for you. Now it's time for you to go out there and deliver. And what better stage than the Clásico Joven? So it should be an interesting one. He looks happy. He looks like he's ready. He he looks like he's ready for the challenge. So I'm really hoping that he he steps up to the to the plate and really just knocks it home. So hopefully, I think I I agree with you, Dylan. Henry is definitely going to be the key player for us. Um, and of course, it, how well he can perform alongside Ori Peralta, which we saw that partnership you know blossom a little bit in the early early weeks of the of the league. Now we'll see if whether or not they can pick it back up from there. So now I'm going to flip the question on you guys. And Dylan, I'll start with you this time. Who who, or what is going to be our weakness coming into this matchup? Because let's remember, our partnership, our center back partnership is, is changing. You know, Bruno Valdez is out with a red card. So now it's Edson coming in with uh, Manuel Aguilera. Uh, what do you think? Is, is it going to be our defense? Is it going to be, you know, our midfielder? What, what's who or what is going to be our, be our key weak, weakness coming into this matchup? You know, I think it's going to really be kind of 
uh, not necessarily on the right back because I know Bayer allowed to do a good job, but like from 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 where Edson all the way to the left back position, kind of like in that position a little bit for me right there, because I mean, whether it be Carlos or William da Silva, you know, I really don't think. Well, I mean, Carlos had a good start off in that left back position, but as soon as the league went on, and everything, uh, we see him drop and drop and drop week after week. It seems like you know we got William filling in, and we see that William can fill in that spot, but still, you know, we see him struggle there a little bit too as well. And you know, it's not it's not like uh, Edson gets every uh, week in week out looks with either Aguilera or Bruno, and so it's gonna be kind of interesting to see how those three, how that part of the back line plays out in the end, especially after Jason said that whoever's going to play in that um, attacking midfielder spot is going to be important to their lineup. It's interesting to see how that'll play out too as well. Yeah, I agree with you because if it's one thing, I think uh, even Emmanuel Aguilera hasn't looked his best in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, he's done well, but, you know, he he's, hasn't looked the same person, you know, so it, it should be interesting. I think that that side as well, that whole left side from Edson, onto either Vargas or William will be a definitely, you know, weak point. So, Jason, now throw the same question at you. Where what do you think uh, Cruzul is going to leak from? I, I worry about the the two defensive midfielders. I mean, two two players that um, we've got the Silva and Rafa Baca. Rafa Baca is certainly uh, he's loved at Cruzul. He's, he's a solid player. But these are two players that have similar attributes for Cruzul. They're slow. Um, they are, are decent with possession and, and sending the ball around, but short passes, not a ton of uh, offensive generation. I worry about those two getting burnt with medical speed through the middle, and I worry about those two not really adding much to the attack. So that, I, I think Cruz Azul are in trouble with, with, with those two there uh, in this match, and I worry that they could be a liability uh, without adding too much to Cruz Azul's. Uh, benefit to the attack. So I'm a little worried about them. I'm hoping they have a solid match and that they kind of step up here, but yeah, I'm, I'm worried for sure. <laughs> it should be interesting enough to see whether or not uh, either of these two sides can cope with, with said disadvantages. Um, overall, I think, uh, Jason, you, you're kind of predicting a kind of, of, uh, uh, of a not so much uh, goal thrilling matchup. Which yeah. I would I would imagine so because you know you guys are looking for the points and you know you guys are going to do your best to hold down. We've seen teams come into the Azteca and hold, and, and obviously the best example would be Tijuana, who who was able to you know kind of battle through and, and walk away with a point. We saw Toluca now do it and break the unbeaten run that we had. You know, seeing that these seeing that uh, you know teams have come in and kind of broken up our rhythm, does it give you guys does it give you a little bit of hope that you know that it's been proven that it's possible this season. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Cruz Azul can get a result against this team. I, I don't think America is a super team. They had the undefeated run, um, but it's not like th that um, your team was looking mighty impressive every week in and week out, unstoppable, anything like that. I mean, they could be got, and they could be gotten at home. Um, I don't think America has this overwhelming home field advantage. And certainly with Cruz Azul being um, a Mexico City club as well. I mean, I well accustomed to playing Estadio Azteca, obviously too. So it's it's a familiar match for Cruz Azul. I think they're not going to be uh, coming in there um, at a severe disadvantage um, for the environment and for the team. I think they could get a result for sure. Um, but I think, like like you said, and what you meant just mentioned, I think if Cruz Azul are going to get a result. It's going to have to be a low scoring result because Cruz Azul just can't score goals. Uh, so it's going to have to be a low scoring match um, if they're going to find success. 
Um, but I think they are capable of stymieing uh, Medica's attack with a solid game in the back. Interesting. Dylan, anything you want to follow up with that? Uh, no. Um, uh, no, I'm I'm fine. Okay, well, I, I agree. I think it's not going to be the most thrilling matchup. I don't think it's anywhere near that 5-3 we saw at the Azul not that long ago, a couple of years back. Um, and it will be a definitely a very good tactical matchup, I think. It, it definitely will be if, if you're someone who likes to watch the games because of that aspect. It's definitely going to be one for you to watch. Um, but ultimately, it's it's a classical Hoven. Um, and, and I kind of want to get uh, what does that mean to you? Jason, the classical home. What what does it mean to you? Is it just another game? Is it a derby? What what is it like on the Cruz Azul side of things? Well, for me personally, like it absolutely means a lot. Like I mean, this is the team. I mean, your your team is the team I despise. There's, there's no question. <laughs> like I absolutely do not want America. Like America. Like I I no matter who they're playing, I want them to lose. So it, yeah, it, there, there's no question. This means a lot for for Cruz Azul fans. Um, Cruzal fans in Mexico City are used to playing second potato, maybe the third, uh, probably third. Um, so you know, this is the team they want to beat more than anyone. Of course, like like a lot of teams in um, in in Mexico and Liga MX, they they want to beat America. But Cruz, it means a lot for Cruzal fans. For me personally, absolutely, uh, this is the match that I would want to win. I, I, those scars from 2013 are real, and uh, they still they still flare up. And like in this match, brings them out, especially when the, this match is taking place in the Azteca. You gotta get this win. This is a this. I mean, especially with Cruz Azul's season right now, where you know Ligia is, you know, still mathematically possible, but it's a big, big long shot. It's the season's probably done. I mean, this this is something, right? This is something um, that fans can hang their hat on. And um, you know, you're looking at the manager right now that needs these big wins and the players that need kind of that boost and to gain the the respect and trust of the fans again. Um, this is the kind of match where something like that could happen. So it means a lot to the fans and uh, myself. And yeah, I, you you got to imagine this is a big um, match for everyone on the team, including the manager at this point. Okay. All right. Dylan, um, obviously you, you've witnessed these matchups before as well. Um, what is it? Wh- what would you summarize the classic Hoven to be like? Um, it means a lot, you know, it's us as fans, you know, this, it's, it's the, it's a rivalry, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big rivalry too. And, you know, we keep bringing it up, but you know, the 2013 final, you know, that was, that was my first uh, big memory, you know, as an America fan. And so that's something I always remember, I remember it as, and we'll always remember it too, is that classical Hoven in the final. And so it's just what it means a lot to me and, and seeing that, America pulled that off too. It, it brought more to it as well. And so, you know, um, it's a big game, you know. It's it's something that, um, like I said, America needs to look forward to as well. You know, regardless of us being ready for Toronto or not, you know, this is something that American Easters are going to want to be able to see too. Is go out and and defeat Cruz Azul as well. You're right. I'll add on top of that that it's uh it's it's become I think almost if not as big as the game against Pumas. So I think they're right up there. Of course, the biggest one is always going to be for us Chivas. But I think, you know, in the in the past couple of years, it's fair enough to say that maybe this game's even surpassed a little bit of that Pumas rivalry because of uh, all the thrilling matches we've had, all the rivalry stuff that's been going on. Um, I can date it back, you know, even way before the way before the the final in 2013 when you guys had uh, Sabah on your team and he said that he was afraid 
to play against America or, you know, that they mistook his wording. And it, it's 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 built up. It's really built up to to a huge hype now. And I think it's definitely going to be a matchup where both both fan base will want their team to go out there and win. You know, it's 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 going to be a really big matchup. Hopefully it, it, it plays well on the pitch, even if they don't score that many goals. A, a thrilling matchup is always going to be a thrilling matchup, whether it reflects on the scoreline or not. Um, question though here, and and I think this is going to be interesting to hear from your side of 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 you, Jason. But does losing against America or winning against America kind of make or break your season, or not yet? Um, specifically this season, it probably does at this point, um, because everything else is lost. Right? I mean, we're we're looking at the, a season that started off so rocky, and it was such a mess um, that. You know, this result is something that could turn around. So it is a make-or-break deal at this point, I think, for Cruzeiro because there, there isn't much else to gain. Um, in general, I would say, like the standard season, that's not the case. You know, if Cruzeiro is looking for the Gia, Cruzeiro is looking for titles. As ridiculous as that sounds, that, I mean, that's the ultimate goal for this team. So, um, I, I, standard um, regular season matchup against America isn't a make-or-break generally, but it kind of feels like it now at this point in this season. In, in so much need for this turnaround that, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like this could have a, a big impact on the club moving forward. And I, I'm not sure that's really hyperbole. I, I, I kind of feel it that this could be a big one uh, for Cruzeiro, especially, I mean, it, I don't think a draw or even like a tight game does anything, but if Cruzeiro comes out and gets a big win, um, which I don't think is going to happen, but if they come out and really get a big win, it could be that, that thing that could be really huge for the club going forward. Interesting, interesting. Now, Dylan, um, this is something that maybe we, we should take in consideration as America fans. I'm not saying that a loss against Cruz Azul will break our, make, break our season or winning them will make it as well, but we, you have to think it were, everything's so tight right now at the top. It, literally, it's about three points difference from you know eighth to second and so on and so forth. It's very tight at the top. I think we mentioned this last podcast too. Any point that you lose at this point is is very detrimental to your season. You know, as much as we want to focus on Cocker Champions, as much as we want to focus on Toronto, it would kind of do us no justice to maybe quote unquote throw away this game to focus on Toronto because then afterwards next week you're looking at at, at the table from maybe sixth or seventh place, and now you're really in trouble. So, I think overall, how do you think? we should base ourselves coming into this matchup knowing that everything is so tight up at the table right now. Well, I mean, I think you also got to look in the past too a little bit because we had four straight draws in a row and, you know, we go back and look at that and that's something that has affected um, the standings too as well. Cause that's eight points in total from those four draws that we've dropped. And, you know, a lot of those games, you know, you, you could we could argue that we could we could have won them, and that's something that we've talked about too. As there, so you got to go back and look too that what you what you did wrong and what wasn't working, and you got to be able to fix that too. And and just something like I've always said too, man, you you got to you got to look at what's going on on the pitch. You got to look and see what can you change tactically or what sub can make an impact on the team to help us, you know, go out and get those three points too as well. And so I mean, like it's it's not really just this one game too as well i mean obviously too i think it would be depend on the lineup a little bit like that because you know like we always we already said you know would you save some key players when in order to go to the champions league and play when you play toronto and i said yeah i mean i think we should because 
you know, one thing we talked about too at the beginning of, of the season is would you rather have the league title or would you rather have Conca Champions? And I personally said the, the Champions, Champions League Cup. And so, you know, it's just something you got to look back to as well whenever you look back on the season because those four, four draws really, really hurt us. They did. They did. And we'll, we'll definitely go back to them later on in the season too when, wherever we finish at the table because we can always say, uh, you know, regardless, I, I doubt we're going to finish first. I think Santos has that pretty much wrapped up. Um, but you, you will think and you will say, what if we got, you know, three points here or there? What what difference would have would it have been? You know, so let's hope it's 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 not you know too bad, and hopefully we don't kind of quote unquote you know think of this game as just an, a game that we can pass and focus on Toronto. I think we should focus on on the rival head, which is Cruz Azul. Of course, you know the may, maybe most of the players won't know what it's, it it means, but you know the institution should know and should push for a very very good matchup and for for three points basically because you're at home. Let's not forget that. So hopefully, you know, the, the boys step out there and, and they perform and they do well. So, you know, gentlemen, what is your prediction for uh, for Saturday, Jason? Well, like I said, um, I'm going to be a little optimistic for Cruz Azul, and I, I think they kind of execute their plan well and um, keep it low score and keep it tight. Um, so I'm going to say a 1-1 uh, draw. I think it'll be uh, close. Um, I think America will probably have more of the chances going forward. I think Cruz Azul will be holding the ball a little bit more, uh, but not necessarily uh, generating a lot of offensively. I'm worried, like I said, with with Mora missing. Um, and in general, just Cruz Azul's attack, there's a lot of issues with it. Um, so, But I think the, 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 they could find some success, and I, I kind of predict that they will. Um, keep, it, keep it low scoring, 1-1 one, one draw. 1-1 one, one draw. All right, Dylan, what are you going with? I go with the two one win for America. Two one win for America. All right then, and um, I'll throw my prediction in the ring as well. I think we're going with a very low score as well. We're going one nil, and we're taking three points. So, hope we'll, we'll see. I, we're not all predicting. I think Dylan, you're predicting the best matchup there, a two one. Um, but uh, either way, it's going to be low scoring. Even though lately, in, in the past couple of years, we you know we're, we're maybe accustomed to a little bit more goals when it comes to this matchup. Uh, but still, either way, I. I I'm still hopeful for a very, very good matchup. So, um, obviously, going to be playing at the Estadio Seca. Maybe you guys uh, will start finding a little bit of comfort there since it looks like you guys will be playing there for a while. That's right. Yeah, it'll be a good start, right? <laughs> back back, <laughs> back at the home again. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It should be an interesting one. And, you know, like, I mean, it's it's this matchup, but it's just League MX. I mean, like, you just really don't know what. I mean, it could be 5-3. I mean, it, it, more, more, it really wouldn't be all that surprising. Um, if suddenly we just have a goal explosion, we could have a couple red cards. Um, you just really never know in this match and in this league in general. But um, it, I think it, like like you said, um, regardless of the score, I think it's going to be entertaining. There's going to be a lot of nerves, and um, you know I think Medica has that that Conca Champions coming up, and, but you know it's still going to be a big match, um, even if there is some squad rotation. You know, I think there's going to be that that drama built in with this matchup that's always been there, especially lately. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an entertaining one for sure. You, you, t- you talk about squad rotation. Boy, would we be wanting to see a Diego Linus come in this matchup? What are we doing? Yes, very much. That's, that's what we talked about, like, almost every pot, it seems like. His, <laughs> when is Diego Linus going to get his chance for at least a, a few minutes? I mean, I mean, I don't think me and I were necessarily asking for a start, but like we'd like to see him come off the bench because he's made the bench a couple of times too as well. 
No, he had maybe to... with Piojo missing, he'll get his chance, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but he's still going to be dictating everything from the from the from the. He could just be wandering the stands, like it's. I mean, you, you don't really know for sure with him, like so. That's true. You can only imagine out there doing laps, shirt off. It's really all <laughs> in the. Piojo <laughs> with his shirt off, trying to order three tacos at Pastor right before kickoff. Can only imagine the sights of that. So yeah, we're starting to start a petition. For uh, the rest of the, the freedom of Diego Linus, we got two signatures. We need about 5,068 more to go. But uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but, yeah, obviously should be a very, very interesting game. Uh, make sure you guys don't miss it. Make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter at Eagle iPod because we will have you guys covered with everything in the live matchup. We're going to be tweeting at you guys. We're going to be letting you guys know everything about lineups, about injuries, if anything comes uh, comes to surface, if, you know, whatever team news we have. We will definitely have you guys covered, so make sure you guys do follow us on there. And if you guys ever, for whatever reason, miss a live show, don't forget we're also on iTunes and SoundCloud. So if you ever guys want to listen to us on the go, you guys have those platforms as well. So we'll transition from the Clásico Nacional to a little bit of L3 because, of course, today is the big matchup against Croatia. Maybe not that big of a matchup, of course, as Croatia does look to be uh, missing uh, a lot of key key figures here. Um it's it, it's interesting because you know what uh, a lot of is a lot of has been said on in news media about Croatia maybe not putting up their best lineup and how this affects us, gentlemen. How do you guys look at this matchup? You know, is is there still should there still be a hype, or has this maybe match been a little bit deflated? I think it's been def- deflated a little bit. I see this small game now. It's it's I mean it's it's basically like almost gonna be in a sense like a Croatia B team, and you know we're gonna I don't I don't think necessarily we're gonna go out there and throw out our our full um, best players too as well because you know there were some talks that Juan Carlos Osorio was wanting to put some of the youngsters in, like so like it's Navarez, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez, and a, a couple others. So I mean you know it's it's to the point you know where you see it in the you know like you, the team can't struggle if the team struggles then you know it's kind of a little embarrassing to see that too as well whenever Croatia's not even having their best players out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a little disappointing with uh, Luka Modric and Zukic um, both missing. Um, but, I mean, you still have a lot of talent in that Croatia team. You can't really say it's a B team because, uh, I mean, you're missing a couple of those starters. It's definitely not the the peak Croatia, but still a ton of talent in that team. So A decent amount of that first team. Um, the lineups just come out for for Mexico, by the way, and uh, it's, you want to give it to us? Yeah, yeah. So we, Ochoa starting in goal, um, Arajo, Ayala, and Moreno in the back. Uh, Burrito Hernandez uh, starting in the <laughs> okay. in the midfield with Omar Govea and Guardado. Interesting. Uh, Pizarro is uh, looks like he's slotted in at the front of the midfield there, possibly in that ten roll uh, with um, Cheech, Vela, and Lozano up front. Well, I think that's the front three everyone wanted. It's 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 a nice lineup. The the midfield's interesting, uh, but I, I think the Osorio wanted to test these these midfield options. So Govea and Burrito, you know, I don't know, Burrito doesn't make sense ever, but you know, I think <laughs> it makes sense testing that position, testing those players in that spot. You, Hugo I, Ayala in the back, so I got a, it's a little disappointing, uh, but you know, we'll see um, that that attacking lineup trying out. I don't know if you guys want to hear about Pizarro too much, but like trying out Pizarro in that in that 
in that role there uh, behind Cheech, Vela, and Lozano. That, that's kind of that, – that should be fun. It should be interesting to see because, you know, even though he's the cheapest player, we're, we're Mexican national team friendly around here. And um, – yeah, I mean, if if he can if if he can cement in that role properly, and if he can you know give the best that he can, because let's let's face it, he's one of the most uh, most most amazing players that we have right now in the Liga MX. Even though sometimes he doesn't show it, I mean, even Pio Herrera said himself, if there could be one player from Chivas that he could take, it would be Pizarro. So I mean, he he's he's got a boatload of talent, and you know, hopefully he does you know do really well against Croatia tonight, and can really really cement himself as maybe a potential. Uh, player to go to to Russia, yeah. So Dylan, how you how you lineups is out? He Jason just confirmed them to us. Well, how you feeling? You still you still uh, you bummed out about Burrito too? Yeah, I'm bummed out about that. I don't think I, I never <laughs> wanted to see that in the lineup. <laughs> so so you you know back in January whenever they played Bosnia, um, I know uh, Juan Carlos Sade wanted to bring Govea in and. Uh, Ivan asked me, who would you bring in and who would you bring in and replace Govea? I was like, I think the real question is who's replaced Govea if, if you know, you know, it was like a little conspiracy I had, you know, like J- Juan Carlos Sorry wanted to bring in Govea, but he couldn't obviously because it wasn't really a FIFA day and the club said no. So who did who did he bring in to replace Govea? And so I, I don't know. I mean, like I, I, I always thought it was Burrito in the end that he, he replaced. With Burrito just came in there because Govea wasn't able to go. Yeah, so I was just like, well, it's somebody, so. Well, it wouldn't be yeah, a sorry lineup without, you know, some some strange things going on. And, it you know, would. Vea not in that defensive midfield role, but playing a little bit forward in that 4 3 3. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure why that's happening. It should be interesting to see. It'll be interesting, like, because, I mean, you know, this seems like a match where, you know, he, you know, with, with, a, with a big match for him, he could possibly pull off a. A World Cup spot. It's a long shot for him, but um, you never know. With a big match here, uh, playing in that more forward role, eh, it's possible. It'd be interesting to see if uh, Jonathan Gonzalez comes in at some point as well tonight. I would have to think he does um, for one of those two, uh, maybe at halftime. So the second half could be big for him too. Yeah, definitely. If I'm not mistaken, you didn't. Edson's also on the bench, correct? I believe that's right. Okay, so well, I'm pretty sure both of those two players that come in in the second half are gonna have a pretty big 45 minutes to try to impress. Of course, I, if I'm not mistaken, this is uh, is there one more FIFA day or or no? This is this is pretty no. much it. This is the only one I believe. So it's, just it's have like the the May, like you know, just like right before the World Cup stuff. After this, right, Wales, Scotland, and Denmark or whatever, right before. So that's about it. So it's it's almost do or die, but for some of these players, maybe it is do or die. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how they come up and and really try to impress Juan Carlos Osorio. So, uh, what are you boys projecting for this matchup? Interesting one. Uh, we're gonna see a lot of goals, or are we gonna see kind of you know the, the typical bland friendly? I think this will oh. open up. You know, I think there could be some goals tonight. Um, Mexico certainly has a, a lineup that could can put up some goals with it, with that that front four. Um, and I think Mexico is going to find some success in scoring. Um, I think they're also very likely to give up a few goals uh, because I mean, there's so much experimentation. Um, I, that three-man lineup, uh, they gave up certainly a, a lot of opportunities to Iceland a few days ago, and I expect more of the same tonight. And I, I think there's some, you know, we have a, a midfield that doesn't play with each other. Um, it's truly a shuffle in that midfield, so... 
you know, I think there's going to be some holes uh, that Croatia can exploit as well. So, yeah, goals tonight for sure, definitely. Awesome goals tonight. Dylan, I know you had something to throw in there as well. Yeah, um, just basically what Jason said, I expect it to open up too, you know. Just we're going to see some goals too from both sides of the team. Yeah, I'm worried about that midfield because Ivan Rakitic is probably going to find himself a lot of openings to to put in a couple of good balls through. So it's uh, it should be a fun one. It's especially uh, because this is a friendly you and you know sometimes they they tend to be a little bland, but hopefully this one you know showcases that you know there's a lot of talent out there. And of course, like you know you said, Jason, this is shouldn't be considered a Croatia B team because of course they have a lot of talent as well. So. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to see this one. Of course, kickoff is about in an hour and a little bit so. So we will we'll definitely be catching that, and uh, we'll definitely be live tweeting it for sure for you guys as well who follow us on the Eagle iPod page. So, what is your guys' prediction for tonight? I'd say um, goals for sure. Uh, let's say give me a Mexico three two. Okay, Mexico um, three two. All right, a lot of goals come in the second half, especially after all the slugs start pouring in. I yeah, think it's going to open up even more. Wow. Yeah, that's that's, what I, that's exactly what I was thinking too. Three two in the nice. end for Mexico. Yeah, so three two. All right, I'll go. Uh, let's see. I'll go. I'll go four two Mexico. Uh, yeah, I'll say that we score four this time. So should be interesting. Hopefully, uh, we we one of one of our predictions comes through. Um, who's, who's, who do you guys think is going to have the biggest matchup in, in, in today's, uh, game for Mexico? I'm excited. Like, like you mentioned earlier, I'm excited for Pizarro. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I think he could be big in that role for Mexico and I hope he does prove himself tonight. Um, you know, Vela too. I think he started off the MLS season strong and, um, I think he could really have an, another big match here, um, playing with Pizarro and, and Cheech. And then switching off with Zano on the wings, I think it could be really interesting and a really good matchup. Like you, like you said earlier, this is that that front lineup that many have been asking for. Um, so I'm looking at Vale. I'm looking at Pizarro. Um, big matches tonight. Yeah, all right, Dylan. Yeah, I'm gonna be watching out for for, for Govea, man. I think Govea's got something to prove too. I think he's gonna try his best to sneak into into a spot where I really think he can. And so it's going to be interesting to see how he plays and, and like where he's playing too, possibly in the midfield too as well. And like Jason said, this midfield doesn't play together. And, you know, it's, you don't get to watch uh, Govea play too because, I mean, I don't, I don't get the Belgium League here on TV. And so it's interesting to see him play and what he can bring to the midfield too as well. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think as a fanboy, I'm always looking out at Ochoa. So, you know, hopefully he has a strong game, showcases why uh, – he should be the number one starter come Russia. And then, of course, I, I think. Know. I don't know. <laughs> ah, come on. You're going to say Colonna because of what he's done. But I, come on. You can't, you can't say that Ochoa doesn't deserve it. I could say it. Uh, I won't, but I could say it. Um, but uh, no, no, Ochoa should probably be the starter. But yeah, I love Corona. He's my guy. So I'll, I'll rep him always. If we need someone to come in and headbutt someone during during the game, I think we can Man, call Corona. Man, you can intimidate the other team a little bit. You know, you see Corona <laughs> coming up, you, you're going to back up a little, a couple steps. You know, he, he he gets that face on, like, you know, Choa, like, he looks friendly. He um, is. He looks like he's he, he'd be your friend rather than your enemy. Right, exactly. Corona looks like he will not take any, any BS from anyone. So, you know, probably good to have him there just in case of a scrap, but um, – <laughs> 
if we're talking goalkeeper wise, maybe I'd I'd still stick with Ochoa. But obviously, it's uh it's gonna be a good game for anyone watching. Make sure you guys do tune in, and then we'll definitely talk about it a little bit on the next pod. Uh, we're coming up to the end of the podcast. We want to do maybe a little quick uh, Q and A with you, Jason. Maybe ask you a little bit of questions. Of course, uh, first question is uh how how is your time in Mexico? Are you still in Mexico right now? I'm not. Um, I'm just outside Philadelphia. And um, my time in Mexico is awesome. I just love Mexico City. Uh, still miss it. Uh, miss just, you know, walking to the games all the time. It was just the best. Um, you know, just I got around so many stadiums in Mexico. Um, used to go to Toluca all the time, Aztec all the time, Pachuca. Just, yeah, it was the best. Um, so, yeah, still miss it very much. I uh, need to get back again as soon as possible. I bet you you don't miss that traffic, though. No, no. <laughs> this is like I was saying, like, I, I used to go to, like, I used to travel to um, the stadium in Toluca, and I would actually get to the stadium in Toluca faster than I'd get to the Azteca. Just because yeah, of, it's like, ridiculous. It's, I mean, it's, I, I've been there once because I was actually born in Mexico City, but I was brought here by a young age, and then I was finally able to go back uh, in 2016. Um and yeah, I mean, someone who and someone who witnesses uh, Southern California traffic, I, it was mm. still like, you know, wow, uh, Mexico City doesn't play around with their traffic. Not messing around. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would I would be in like just hours, hours in cars where you just you just have to just get out and start walking because like, you, you're just not you're just not moving. That's and true. So, yeah, D- don't miss that at all. <laughs> uh, all righty, uh, Dylan, you want to ask a question now? Um, so, uh, you know, you, you started the, the newsletter and, uh, how, how's that going still? I mean, I haven't really got nothing in a while, so I don't know if that's still going on or <laughs> <laughs> putting some pressure on our guests. <laughs> yeah. Putting some pressure on the guests. Yeah. In theory, it's going on. It just hasn't come out in a long, long time. So yeah, one of these, uh, one of these weeks I'll, I'll get my act together and, and get another one, uh, cobbled together and it'll come out, uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, one of these weeks I, it all comes together again, but that's the plan. The plan is that it returns at some point, but uh, yeah, we're in a bit of a hiatus at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, this is a question I like to ask most of our guests that, that are come here and, and who are, have a big voice in, in the English uh, language community. That is the Liga Mekis. Um, first of all, what, uh, how is it? How is it like to to know that you're kind of like one of the one of the face, one of the leaders going forward, and and really this whole community that that's been built around English language content for Liga Mekis. And second of all, what advice would you give to the younger viewers that maybe want to follow in your footsteps and and pursue in in covering Liga Mekis in English? Well, I think the great thing about the the small community that we've kind of built up and like. Um, Liga makes English coverage is that everyone's pretty inclusive and everyone is looking out for like the greater good and that we are all kind of looking for more coverage um, of this awesome league and of Mexican soccer in general and English. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's great because there's, there's, we're still pretty small group in, in general, but I mean, it's a a group that um, is looking for the advancement of, of this sport because it's, it's such an awesome league and it's such a like Mexican soccer is such a great thing that um, it should be available to a wider audience. Um, and that's what I think that a lot of our English coverage is, is focused on. And that's why I love this, this group and this community, because I mean, I think we're all kind of focused on that one thing and because this it's just an awesome league to follow. And um, you know, for people who are starting out in, in this um, in coverage of the league, I think it's just finding your voice 
you know, like ha have, have a perspective, have a voice and, you know, and just follow it. Cause I mean, I think, you know, certainly right now there's just so many opportunities where you can make your own thing and find your own lane and like not necessarily following in the footsteps of someone who's doing something, but finding your own way forward. And I think it's pretty easy at this point, just have a perspective and, um, and, and go with it. Very, very wise words from Jason himself. Dylan, anything you want to add on to our guest? No, I'm, he covered, he talked about it a lot and covered a lot. And so, you know, just really answer all of my questions too, as well. So, oh. all right. Two more, two last questions. One, yeah. favorite Cruz Azul player of all time, and two, favorite food to get after a game in Mexico City. Um, favorite Cruz Azul player, I, it's it's Corona. He's my guy. I love okay. Corona. Chaco's up there, of course. I love Chaco. Always will love Chaco. Um, I love Jerry too. Jerry Flores. He he was he was my long time my guy, and I'm glad he's back <laughs> with Cruz Azul again. Not necessarily the best Cruz Azul player, but he's just he's just kind of awesome. Um, but Corona's my guy. Um, I love that guy. He's probably my favorite soccer player, period. Um, I think he's just, I don't know. I, I always kind of am drawn to the goalkeepers, and he's kind of my guy. Um, favorite food? Um, anything outside of Stadio Azul is just always, always awesome. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've had so much just like simultaneously horrible and awesome street tacos right outside of that stadium. Um, and just like the giant, like, Micheladas that they don't look like you should probably drink them because it they don't look healthy, <laughs> but they're very very perfect. Uh, so anything on those carts outside of that stadium are just it's just perfect. Oh my gosh! Well, I'm I'm a little disappointed you didn't say Cesar be a loose for your. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I, I mean, I, mean, I could run through the list of Cruz Azul players that I just absolutely despised. I have a giant <laughs> list of those guys, but probably, probably too much to dive into at this point. Trust me, our, my list is just as big for many good players as well. So it's, uh, I, I feel your pain there. So thank you so much, Jason, for coming on the pod. Thank you so much to every single one of you guys who listens. This has been episode 13. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed it. It's been your boy, Ivan Pineda, as always. Dylan, thank you so much for coming on and being the best co host ever. Oh, no problem, man. Always enjoy coming on. All right. Episode 13, like I said, make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter at Eagle iPod. Make sure you guys follow uh, Jason. Jason, where can they find you on Twitter? At Soccer Mexicana on Twitter. All right. At Soccer Mexicana on Twitter. Make sure you guys follow him and do subscribe for his newsletter. Uh, I, he's an absolutely amazing guy. Thank you so much for being a friend of the pod. Thank you so much for coming on and talking Cruz Azul. As always, thank you for you for every single one of you guys who has followed us through this journey. We're still growing, and the aim is to keep growing this community of fan base as well. So thank you so much, and as always, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. And until next time, guys, take care. See you guys. Y arriba la América. <laughs>